Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Hey everyone, welcome to week number three of our Piece by Piece message series. I'm Jeffrey and I'm one of the pastors here at Anthem and we have got a great message for you today. Last week we discussed the vision piece and gave you some helpful tools to help get you clear on your vision. Now, if you missed the last few weeks of videos, feel free to go back and check them out. And on our website, we've got some downloads for you of resources and content that will just really bless your life. We've been studying the book of Nehemiah and his story of repairing broken worlds piece by piece. Now, over the last three or four months, Nehemiah gains the courage to step out in a vision that would define his destiny and it would impact his nation. We highlighted the power of timing and how that plays a role in the success of a vision. And so far, things have gone miraculously well, but today we're gonna see what happens when opposition comes. Just like in our lives, Nehemiah faced opposition, and it is such a good story and such a good moment to watch how he deals with and how he faces opposition. Rather than running from it, rather than retreating from it, how he deals with it head on. Now, as we've been talking about putting all the puzzle pieces back together in our life and and we've been framing our world with prayer and we turn all the pieces face side up so that we can see clearly and get our vision clear on what pieces we're gonna be putting together. Today's message is going to be about identifying the wrong pieces that have somehow slipped their way into your puzzle. Now, me personally, I'm not like a puzzle expert. I don't like spend my evenings working on 2000 piece puzzles or anything like that. But I have done a puzzle or two in my day. And as I have worked on some of the puzzles, especially since having kids, you could every once in a while find the wrong puzzle pieces mixed up into the wrong boxes. And this is such a tragic, frustrating thing when you are holding the puzzle piece and this is the one that you've got in your hand. It looks kind of like the others and you're working for 10, 20, 30 minutes to see where does this piece fit? Only to find out that it's the wrong piece. It doesn't even go in the puzzle. Ah! It's like crazy, only for people that probably care about puzzles. So this is what we're gonna talk about today because I bet that at least once in our lifetimes, we have or will experience a moment where we have to come to grips with, you know what? I don't think that piece fits in my puzzle and how to deal with that because that's what opposition really ends up being. 
Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19 and 20 says, But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is it that you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them saying, The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. You see, this is a moment where Nehemiah is realizing and recognizing that there's some pieces in this puzzle that are not going to fit. And he identifies it, calls it out. You know what? You're out. I love etymology and root meanings of words, so I just started with the first person listed in that scripture, San Ballot, and I looked up that name, and here's what it means. Bramble bush. I don't know what that is, but it. I don't want one. And here's the second meaning, an enemy in secret. Wow, San Ballot, an enemy in secret. And Nehemiah makes the choice in verse 20 to remove pieces that don't go with the puzzle. Now for us, it's really easy for us to identify like people, individuals that we're like, oh, they do not belong. You know, we, it's, oh, we got it. I'm getting cutting him. I'm getting rid of her, getting them out of it. This is a thing that is common. It's easy for us to identify people, but there's some other secret enemies that we face. Now, some of these enemies are much more obvious. As we come through this COVID thing, statistics say that alcohol sales uh, jumped 55% by March 21st and, and has not gone down. Marijuana sales, uh, accessing and use of pornography and some of those things. I think that there's going to be lots and lots of recovery pieces that are going to be necessary as we come through the end of this. And so these are, I would call those uh, not so secret enemies, even though people may be struggling and really having difficulties with these in secret and they appear to be just doing great on the outside. But I think that there's some other enemies, some secret enemies that we have to really watch out for. Some examples of secret enemies would be complaining, envy, comparison, gossip, poor self-image. Now these are some secret enemies that can block vision, that can cause the pieces to not come together. These are some little rogue pieces, puzzle pieces that are preventing us from being able to put our lives back together. And these are some of the things that I want to make sure that we address today as well as the other things. There is an important thought I want you to grasp today. And it is this facing opposition is part of the puzzle. Part of putting the pieces back together is that you recognize the challenge and that there is opposition, especially in life. Opposition comes. There's some scriptures that really support this. 
James chapter one, verse two through four says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Opposition has its role in the puzzle. Facing the trials of many kinds causes us to develop perseverance. And when perseverance has finished its work, we can be what? Mature, complete, lacking nothing. So my question for you today, is it possible that God is after something more than your accomplished vision? Is it possible that he's working on more than just you getting to your finish line? Speaking of finish lines, a little story of triumph, I guess, in my in my world, especially during this 2020. I, I'm, I'm celebrating everything I can celebrate, okay? Okay? Last year, I started doing track with my daughters and training and, and doing my best to just kind of get myself healthy and back in shape. And I got a chance to run one race right after church service sped over to Beaverton for uh, Portland Track Festival. And I got a chance to run in the coaches relay there. And it was just one of the highlights of last year. It was so, so fun. However, I hurt myself no surprise there. I literally pulled, like, tweaked something in my hamstring and pulled or did something with the nerves. Something got damaged with the nerves and I lost feeling like on my whole leg all the way up into like this area up here. And when I was uh, sitting with the physical therapist and they're kind of working on my leg, they're like, you're not 20 years old anymore. I'm like, I know, I know. They're like, you don't get to go out and just run. You get to go out, walk, stretch, walk some more, stretch, jog a little, stretch, jog some more, stretch, and then maybe start working your way into running. I'm like, oh, I know, I know, it's so hard. However, uh, I began to take the advice and just slowly work on it. And over the winter, got a chance to really start working. Uh, a, a personal trainer started working with me and helping me to just really get some of the muscles I haven't used in forever, like much stronger and getting prepped to run. And my big goal was to run in the Toronto World Games, Masters World Game for the older individuals. And so, they ended up canceling that because of COVID, but there was one event that came around that I was able to participate in and I was able to complete last week. And it was the USATF uh, Masters uh, Virtual Track Challenge. And so I got a chance to do a short, a short meet and I was able to run a couple of races in it. And the great news is after all of the opposition, after moments of being in the doctor's office, even some moments in the earlier in the year of being in the hospital, I was able to persevere and press through. And yes, 
I was able to place in the top five for the 100 meter. I got, I didn't do well in the 200, but I was able to place in the top five for the 100 meter fifth place uh, amongst the 40 to 44 year old individuals. So that was really fun, really great. I definitely still got hurt. My knees are still totally hurting and there's a long journey before I get to uh, work my way up into number one again. So you gotta persevere. What are some signs that you are facing opposition? One is ridicule. When the haters show up, when the internet trolls start commenting endlessly, I remember the first YouTube video that I ever made and ever released was a song called My Heart and My Hand. And it was dedicated to the people that were dealing with the disaster over in Haiti. And the very first comment that came up made me literally want to quit and never post anything ever again. And it made me like apprehensive afraid to share anything again because that very first comment was so hate filled. It was they were talking about um, how glad they were that the streets of Haiti were running with the blood of these Haitian people and referring to them by their skin color and knowing what I look like and just really very harsh, harsh comment. Um, and I had never seen anything like that before. So it made me like, oh, what kind of awful environment is this <laughs> that people can just say these things? But a friend of mine from high school caught the comment and, and, was, and was able to on her end, like report it or deal with it or something that had an impact on my desire to continue to like create and share and stuff like that. Ridicule is a sign of facing opposition. Look at Nehemiah chapter four, verses one through three. Sanballat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian officers, what does this bunch of poor feeble Jews think they are doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? <laughs> Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. You see, these guys are haters. They just cannot see anything good happening and, and their just mouths are ugh, running and spewing this negativity to discourage the people and to discourage Nehemiah. But here's an interesting thing I think you should keep in mind. The Bible says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed. Listen to this one. First Peter 4, 14 says, if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Some of you are saying, well, then I must be really, really, really blessed. 
That may be true. But I want to encourage you to do this. If you have been experiencing ridicule and mockery and haters have been coming against you, and it's been because of your of righteousness, it's been because of the name of Christ, I want you to pause right now and really draw from that second scripture that says that the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And I want you to take a moment and just feel the spirit of God resting on you in the midst of your opposition, in the midst of your challenge, in the midst of this great fight. Feel the spirit of God radiating in the room where you are right now, filling every hurt, every pain, every discouragement, meeting every need and sufficing for every lack right now, because God is going to see your vision through in Jesus name. Another sign of opposition is resistance. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Why is there resistance? This is something that I have wondered many times throughout my life. Why is there resistance? To see your vision come to pass, you must remain aware that your vision is being attacked. Large and small aspects of this broken world exist to subvert your vision, attempting to throw you into confusion so that you will have no other choice than to stop the work. You see, when you respond to resistance in a godly way, it propels you into the rhythm and the routine you need to accomplish big vision. You see, without resistance, many remain in a passive state. They have a mental assent unto their vision. They, they want, they have a wantingness for their vision, but without resistance, the muscles necessary to carry the vision will never be developed. Listen to this quote by Stephen Covey. We develop our character muscles by overcoming challenges and obstacles. Facing opposition is actually part of solving the puzzle. So we've got our signs of opposition. We've got ridicule, resistance, and the last one is rumor. Now, I just heard somebody with a fan in their house say, amen, rumor. Rumor is another sign that you're facing opposition. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and their work. 
The Jews that were living near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. You see, rumors spread, rumors multiply as they get retold, and rumors are so destructive to vision. But look at how Nehemiah dealt with it. Then, as I looked over the situation, number one, he looked over the situation, and then it says, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord. If you're reading this with me, I want you to say that out loud. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. You see, Nehemiah understood that you have to control your narrative. You cannot control what other people are going to say. And there are some creative and smart individuals out there that can spin rumors into webs of lies, deceit, and confusion. And you don't have control over that. But what you do have control over is your narrative. You see, you have the option of what you're going to remember. You can remember their threats. You can remember their, their words. You can remember your fears, faults, and failures. Or you can remember the Lord, great and awesome. You see, part of your fight is to hold fast, hold tightly to the word of faith. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. First Thessalonians 5, 21 says, but examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good. You gotta let that other stuff go and control your narrative. You see, we spend a lot of time trying to refute our enemies and we spend countless hours trying to counter our critics. But Nehemiah prayed and then kept working and trusted God to handle all the PR associated with it. So what kind of attitude do we need to have as we face opposition? When facing opposition, you need to expect distractions. Recognize that distractions are opposition. Distractions are opposition. When facing opposition, don't give them your time. Instead, like Nehemiah, find the weak points and, and reinforce them. Reinforce the weak points in your life. If you're facing opposition and one of the weak points in your life is that you do not spend enough time connecting with your spouse. You need to reinforce that weak point. When you are facing opposition and you don't currently pray on a regular basis or read the word, that's a weak point in your life. And over time, opposition will continue to get stronger 
and stronger. And some of those weak points and some of those secret enemies, those sand ballots will begin to get a foothold in your life because you're not reinforcing the weak points. When facing opposition, you must trust God to protect you and your reputation. This is such a challenging area because we want to do everything that we can to, to, to present ourselves as best as we can, yet you cannot control what other people are going to say about you. You can, you can only do what only you can do. And everything else, you got to rely on God and you got to reassure those around you of the things that are true. When facing opposition, you got to keep your hands to the plow. You got to refuse to quit and you got to find ways to renew and refresh your strength. I love this quote from John Wesley. It says, unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them together stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. That's a smart guy right there. So when you're in the midst of opposition, whether it's in work, figuring out schooling for your kids this year, your future, some of you are retirement planning right now, whether it's a health situation, a home situation, marriage, you must learn to manage your energy. That means in the area of your thoughts, the words that you speak, the input that you eat. Food, yeah, I'm talking about the stuff that you allow yourself to listen to and be and and be immersed in. It can mean what you choose to be entertained by or your bored pastimes, your sleep, your diet. We actually are going to include a managing your energy worksheet on the website and you can download that and begin to go through it and process how well, how are you doing in managing your energy? But also you wanna pray for the work and the workers. This could be your kids, the school, the teachers. As a matter of fact, we're planning on doing something very special for our back to school with our teachers, administrators, students. As going back to school nears in our city, we're planning on doing something really special just to let our community know that we love them and that we are for them. You may need to take some time specifically to start praying for your spouse. Maybe you need to pray for your team at work. As a matter of fact, if that's something that resonates with you, I think you should hit pause right now and just take a moment and pray for them. And then unpause and, and I'll see you back here. We also need to create a plan to address problems. You need to get advice from solid people. Proverbs 20 verse 18 said, plans succeed through good counsel and don't go to war without wise advice. And for your vision to come to pass, you need to recognize that your vision is under attack. And right here, 
you got to treat it like it's war and you got to get the right counsel and the right advice to be able to navigate the complexities of bringing your vision into fruition. You need to call for the best of yourself and of your team. You need to develop the discipline to bring your best. You need to remind yourself of God's vision, mission, and God's promise of help. This is why I can't overemphasize the value of a written life plan that will help you to review the vision and mission for your life and remember God's promises that you can stand on when you face opposition. You also need to innovate. You need to see what new tools can be used as weapons against your opposition. And finally, you want to rally support. You want to give support and you want to receive support. You want to be known as the kind of person that is supportive, reliable, steady. So I want you to examine the past few months of your life. Have you allowed ridicule and resistance and rumor to cause you to question your vision? Are you in the throes of battle right now and things aren't looking good? Right now, are you praying that you don't have to fight any battles like the last one you just faced? Remember your God, great and awesome. Remember the vision, hold fast and never give up. I wanna pray for you today because God's vision for your life cannot be stopped by any external force or threat. When the enemies of Nehemiah realized that they had been found out, all of their plans were frustrated and they did and they came to absolutely nothing. Remember that God may be trying to do something in you through this trial. I'm going to read this prayer and I encourage you to say it with me. Heavenly Father, today I remember you, great and awesome. I surrender my life and plans to you that you might accomplish in me what you so desire. Give me strength to rise above the opposition, to rely on your word, to refresh my soul. Frustrate the plans of the enemy. Clarify and light the plans of the godly. I want to see crisp and clear the life you've created for me. Please help me to remove the pieces that don't belong. Expose the secret enemies. I want to repair broken worlds. I have a mind to work and I am now focused, available and ready to serve. Lead me and use me in Jesus name. Amen. For those of you who are listening today and you're thinking, I don't even have a relationship with God. I want to encourage you that you can begin right now today. I'm going to read this simple prayer and I would love for you to repeat it after me. Heavenly Father, I believe in Jesus and I invite him into my life. Come into my heart, come into my mind, make me new. I repent of all my missed attempts to create life. Thank you for forgiving my sins. I feel my attention shifting away from the distractions. 
I receive back a clear mind, peace, joy, focus, and the energy for the work ahead of me. I surrender my world to you from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, contact us because we want to be a part of the journey of putting the puzzle pieces back together. This coming Tuesday, we're going to go a little bit deeper on facing opposition and managing your energy. And so join us on our Tuesday talks. May God bless you and keep you and protect you. Fighting for your peace, freedom, safety, and sanity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at www.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.